Good evening, everybody. Welcome into the Blue Jay Beat postgame show. I'm Matt DeMarinas, and tonight I'm joined by Omaha World Herald. All, all like you know, the the hyphen makes me think like you should get some like kind of uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? You know how it's like all Big East, like you should get some like all you know some accreditation kind of thing. To your name just because of the hyphen That's yeah because the, hy- the hyphen just makes me think like you know omaha world herald beat writer you know it's just like it's a it's a it's like a praiseworthy title i see it should be anyway because of the quality of the work on top of it. Well, I appreciate that. That's yeah. that's kind of you. I don't know. If you don't recognize the, the, the what I'm talking about yet, it's Johnny Atawa, by the way. So that's... <laughs> yeah, I, I fumbled that introduction. You, you, you didn't say my name, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. I mean, if that's how you feel and that's how you're thinking in your head, I'm cool with it. Yeah. Cool. Go with that. I've been pretty consistent with that. I don't think, you know... I. I feel like you should believe my sincerity at this point. <laughs> But yeah, John's here with me. Uh, it's been like too long. We haven't had a home game in, I don't know, the calendar year for one, right? And then pre-Christmas. Yeah, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Happy New Year, all Merry this, Christmas to yeah. all the Blue Jay Beat listeners. Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah. That's, that's wild. It's been that long. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. Yeah. It's almost like we, like, like the season restarted or something. Uh, anyway. So this was... Creighton, the Creighton basketball team's like Christmas present to oh, okay. Creighton fans. Yeah, that, I see what you're doing there. Yeah, that, that works because there's. You could argue that Villanova, the Villanova game, was an early Christmas present. So maybe this was like, like so. What if that was a stocking we, gift? This was the okay. The, or what if we do Nova is the Christmas present tonight was the New Year celebration? There you go. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. Um, Although technically, I mean Creighton did win a game on New Year's, just not at home. Yeah, but it was after New Year's again. Yeah. It was, and people didn't feel great about it until Marquette <laughs> stopped losing after that point. Right. So um, Marquette suddenly, are they ranked? Yeah. Or like, yeah, serious, seriously. Uh, yeah, sorry for the rambling introduction there. Creighton beat St. John's tonight, 87-64. And John and I are here to break down that ass-whooping. Um, I mean, you know the drill. I'll let you go first. What's your... I don't want to like, put a number on it, top three, top five. Just your, some of your main checkpoints that you feel like were key tonight for Creighton in terms of why they made that look as stress, yeah. stressless as it did. I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm surprised, man. Like, I'm surprised that it unfolded that way. Um, I think Creighton does deserve some credit for the way that it uh, carried itself on the court like they had just a good demeanor about them like all the players did uh, from the start in that game and they you know they yeah they they kicked the ball around a little bit but um their pace was really good i mean they dominated st john's on the glass dominated they the they won i feel like they won every 50 like they had 19 turnovers can i add c- some context to your to your comment about rebounding right there yeah creighton had uh Creighton had 15 offensive rebounds on 31 on 31 missed shots tonight. That's an absurd offensive rebounding percentage. Like they killed St. John's on the glass. I mean, so they made up for their those turnovers mm-hmm. just just with that alone. Yeah. You know, offensive glass. And then you add on top of that the 14 threes and all the. I mean, so many of those threes were just like in rhythm, good looks. They a lot of them came off good action uh, offensively where they moved the ball around and. 
um, worked collaboratively, collaboratively to create a good look and in rhythm jump shot, um, like getting the working inside out. So, I mean, I I thought that St. John's because of the I mean, I, maybe Creighton deserves some credit for taking some of the uh, um, competitive spirit away from St. John's because of the way that the Jays were locked in. Um, I thought you would get a better performance from St. John's, but going into this game, I, I thought it was going down to the wire and it was going to be a Julian Champagny versus Ryan Hawkins or Alex O'Connell, somebody having to step up and make a shot late. Mm-hmm. And Creighton put this game away um, like yeah, at by, the 18-minute mark yeah. of the first half. Yeah. I mean, it was over at that point. And that, uh, they talked a lot about their preparation being a key part of it, um, which I think is notable for this team because, like, the last month was tough, not playing as much as they had planned on. And then particularly this last, like, two-week stretch where the Jays had a, you know, the Providence game was canceled. And then on both sides of that, you had a blowout loss of Villanova and then a game against Xavier where you had – miscues in the first half and the second half Xavier kind of just took it with its physicality and you know determination to attack inside and Creighton couldn't answer and hold on to the lead so I gotta bring up the bad stuff well I'm just saying that's it's impressive to me how Creighton was able to put that aside and then totally flip the script Um, and it started on Monday in practice apparently as as what those guys have we're, we're describing after the game of just how focused and locked in they were to get ready for this St. John's game. Because, you know, it's it's one thing to come home and you're playing your first home game in 33 days and you're like, hey, let's have fun. This is going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. But if you don't put the work in to, like, set the stage for that. Yeah, if you think that the, the, the crowd will take care of everything. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah or just the yeah. fact that you're coming home and it's going to be better. Mm-hmm. Like, you got to do you got to do the work before you can have fun and party like that. Makes you wonder what that Providence game would look threat like, right? You know oh I mean? yeah, yeah, for sure. Because it doesn't, look, they, you know, they might not get that one back. They may not. Yeah, and that would be unfortunate. But just tonight, yeah, tonight, I just, I was, I was impressed by their um, ability to just like really lock in and kind of prove a point. Not necessarily, it's not like a statement when to lead. The league's not like, oh my gosh, you guys beat St. John's on your right. home floor. That's what you're right. supposed to do. Right. But I think internally, with that, for this group, I think it will go a long way. For just, hey, this is what happens when we. Uh, take care of business with our preparation and we maximize every rep in practice look what the result is let's kind of let's try to replicate that and do the same thing so it'll be really interesting to see how they handle thursday and friday and uh when they come out in the court and play DePaul on saturday yeah you know i I do want to dive into the nuts and bolts but something that stuck out to me um during the during the media scrum yesterday and then, again, it was mentioned again tonight, and I'm curious to see just kind of how it plays out because, you know, it's they're five games into Big East play, 16 games into the season. They've, they've had these long pauses that aren't of anything that, you know, they can control. So they had, they've had some, like, a staggered schedule so far, right, of the last month and change. And I'm like, but, but you know, yesterday Ryan Hawkins mentioned this being – I don't know if he said must win, but it's like a game they can't, they gotta have, I think is how he phrased it. And then, you know, you see the way Alex O'Connell played tonight, you see the way Ryan Hawkins played tonight. Um, Mac mentioned, uh, you know, just kind of off one of his answers, like, 
branching off of just like talking about Alex O'Connell the way he's kind of approaching his preparation and day to day stuff, you know, now as opposed to previously, whatever time frame he's thinking in his head of where that where that stands. And I'm wondering as we kind of like assess this team from a youth standpoint and an experience standpoint, if the fact that it's January, you know, what's today, nineteenth? Eighteenth? Nineteenth. Yeah, as it's January nineteenth right now and February's right coming right up. Do some of these guys who aren't going to have, you know, that they're not the they're not the young and inexperienced guys. They're the ones who this is their last chance. Like, what's the sense of urgency like for those guys? Mm-hmm. And that was the one thing that was notable tonight because Hawkins got off to a great start. O'Connell was awesome on Champagne from the jump, mm-hmm. and he had the offensive outburst that separated them in the first half and that helped put the game away in the second. And I kind it, it just it speaks to me pretty loudly that there's a sense of urgency with the experienced portion of this roster. And I'm curious going forward to see how that kind of manifests itself because the whole point of every season is just get better, get better, get better, and play meaningful games in February to put yourself in a position to get to the NCAA tournament. So, like, tonight – was a giant step forward because I mean the first four games in Biggie's play like just if you throw them into a vacuum it's like those are tough games you know you got Nova twice at Marquette at Xavier two and two out of that is like I don't I'm not saying like start the parade route but that's that's nothing to sneeze at at the same time either you know what I mean yeah especially when one of those is a split with Nova so you know I just think tonight was a good like jumping off point for a Creighton team that I think played with a little bit of Desperation, Like, a little bit of, like, if we want to be a March team, we can't drop this game in January. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that, I just think the urgency I, was there. I didn't know if I'd see that from this team. And I think exactly. the fact that you, you reference Hawkins and O'Connell, like, they're, they're tone setters as seniors. Also, I think a lot of these, like, the freshmen, they seem completely cool with that. Yeah. You know, like, okay – that's the message you're sending. We're 100% bought in on that. Like, yeah, we're, we are picking up what you're laying down. We're all on the same page here. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no pushback. There's no, like, convincing, you know, like, Alex O'Connell or Ryan Hawkins don't have to, like, go on this long tirade to get them, uh, you know, rowed in the same direction. No, they're all on board with it. So I think that um, they can feed off that urgency pretty quickly. They can sense it. And I think generally um, – this team, like chemistry-wise, it's been really good all year. So, um, and those guys, I think, deserve credit. O'Connell and Hawkins for leading the way there. Yeah. So that's just an intangible thing that I kind of stuck out to me. Based, I mean, because I, I thought tonight's performance was pretty good. Like, I know the turnover. I thought the turnover rate needed to be more in the twenty percent range as opposed to the twenty-five. I thought that was a little bit high. <laughs> Still insane. But, but yeah, I well, it's St. John's, and you yeah. know the game is going to yeah, be a high possession game. So like, you can live with a higher. I think you can live with a higher turnover rate like because you can still operate. You know, The game is going to have a lot of ebb yeah. and flow to it because of the chaotic, chaotic nature of it. So that was the number I set in terms of like, you know, Creighton's danger zone. They played above that for probably the under 12 moving forward, I think, you know, right? So, and that was where they created, did the most damage. So yeah. I don't know. Like, it didn't go according to how I thought it would play out, but... Um, I think this one, for me, it begins and ends with Alex O'Connell because this was – I mean, I don't think he's had a more complete performance in his career 
Duke, Creighton, wherever. Like, you know, because the thing is, he's been he's been saddled with the defensive load this season of like being the guy that makes the number one option on the other team have to you know have a tough night, like have to work for everything. And I think that's bled into a little bit of how efficient and effective and impactful he can be on the offensive end of the floor just because of the demand that requires. And tonight was the first time, and I think the reason that's so impressive is because I think Julian Champagny is, you know, you can make an argument that he's the most pro-ready scorer in this league. Um, And for Alex O'Connell to, you know, hold him to one for ten in the first half, where a lot of those were like, you know, Making him get downhill because going into this game, if you break down Champagne's kind of shot disparity, like he's you know around forty percent from twenty feet and back, and then at the rim he's really good, but in that like ten to twenty foot range, like he's like thirty six percent. Interesting. So you want him That's like you want him. Yeah. you want him to like think he's got an avenue there, and then like Kalkbrenner wall him off with the with the with the rim protection, and then make him shoot mid range jumpers, right? So I thought Alex O'Connell in the first half did a, like a phenomenal job of making Julian Champagne just like take the open lane and then, you know, close him off, crowd his dribble, and make him shoot contested tough twos. I was going to say, I, all I remember Champagne taking is tough twos. Tough twos, first all first half. And the one shot he hit, that was like on a scramble. I think somebody was open and O'Connell left Champagne and the help defense and to get to Champagne. So like it was just a breakdown sort of chaotic possession yeah, yeah. that wasn't even on O'Connell right you know what I'm saying and so yeah and then you factor that you so then you take that defensively and then you throw in you know the 28 points on 9 of 14 6 of 9 from 3 his yeah. second second great shooting game in a row honestly after the Marquette game where he saved Creighton's bacon with the three at the late so yeah. like he's, you 50 just look per, at, he's been 50 he was coming in the game as 50% in Big East play yeah. from three it's hard to so it's hard to throw the Marquette game in there because it was like there was, there was such a there's, it's not like it's like I said. They're not in a flow, so the Xavier Xavier St. John's game are more like okay, he's in a rhythm. I yeah, because it's like, two two games in like within a, this, the yeah, week, the exactly. same week instead of two games within the month. Exactly. Yeah. So like yeah, that that to me was a secondary part of it because sh- shots you know making Champagne inefficient is like your best chance to win. Mm-hmm. Um, but for him to go for twenty eight on fourteen shots and hold Champagne to what was it seventeen on twenty one plus a free throw. I mean, phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal yeah. job. Like, it, it, like, my, like, key to why Creighton looked the way they looked tonight, it begins and ends with Alex. Like, yep. it really does for me. Um, and we talked to him about that sort of workload increase. Mm. Gosh, when was that? Like, maybe BYU around there. Yeah, right. It was, a, I can't remember if it was after Nebraska or BYU. But, yeah, you're, you're we it did. Was, it, it was somewhere around that range one of those wins. I, yeah, because well, he did a really good job against uh Gabe Coucher. Yeah. Iowa State. Iowa I think State, that's who yeah. who he was locked up against in that one. Um I can't remember who he had in in the BYU game. But anyway, and he he did admit that like it is it was take it was requiring an an adjustment to figure out how to do what he's being asked to do defensively and then also you know be a efficient scorer on offense. And I feel like there's been so many Creighton guards over the last five, six years who've taken on that role as a primary perimeter defender 
and then have also been needed to score. Mm-hmm. And they've all, I feel like, needed time to figure out how to do that. I mean, Denzel Mahoney last year, he maybe didn't even, never fully adjusted to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the fact that he was able to produce something like this and, you know, maybe hint at the fact that he is turning the corner there and figuring out how to do both. Mm-hmm. That's huge. That's huge for this team. Oh, massive. I mean, yeah. I, I, it, I don't think it can be understated. So something to keep an eye on. A reliable be, wing scorer is like what this team is. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, no It's doubt. the missing piece. You know what I mean? And, Offensively. and then you couple that with just the ability to do then take away yeah exactly um, to offset it something defensively um yeah i mean that would be that's why they won by 23 that's why it wasn't even a game right because of what he did on both ends so if they can count it count on that night after night we 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 won't be talking about some of the other deficiencies as often exactly yeah that's (laughs) that's 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 the thing right because you don't expect you won't be talking about oh well is this team a good enough three-point shooting team or is this team a gonna turn the ball over too much or you know, like what is what is this team without ryan kaufbrenner in the middle defensively like eh, none of that will matter because if, if if he's doing that now he's not gonna do 28 tonight but um if he's if he's able to sort of replicate that same efficiency um and then also do what he did defensively wow that, i mean it was super impressive man mm-hmm. that i i tweeted it i think i said like that I mean, he he's gonna O'Connell's gonna want to play pro ball somewhere. That his highlight tape should just be the first half of yeah. the game. Like yeah. that's it. That you don't need any more highlights. No, I think I'll just put that first half together. As show that as to the scouts. Like, when it's like combine time, like you're gonna yeah. see like all the the draft Twitter scout guys. Like they're gonna be like picking apart this film from tonight. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, that's what that's it. it. Yeah, that's all you need. Um, the other, you know, like you just I don't know. The other, the, other, the other thing I wrote down tonight, Uncle Head. I just want to say, how badly was, or how how much was he feeling it too when he hit that third oh. three in a row? My God, no, it's, yeah. It's... <laughs> uh, I wonder if he. I we should ask him. Like, I, wonder... I haven't seen I haven't seen someone be on like a heater like that while they're shutting someone's water off since like Ty, um, in twenty twenty when they played yeah. Seton Hall. Like he was in Miles Powell's jersey and he was like. Like getting like swaggy with his offense, you know what I mean? Like I haven't the seen home him. game here, yeah, that one, yeah, 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 yeah. He wasn't even he didn't even have that good night though shooting tied in until okay. he hit that until three. Late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what, okay, that's fair. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking of the Marquette game when he shut down Marcus Howard. Yeah, that, that one he had that, six steals. That was like extremely dominant <laughs> defensively. So I didn't want to go quite there. Yeah, it was, right, yeah. It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't at that level. But but, but no, you're not like this is like in in terms of two way performances from a wing. This is in the realm because yeah. Champagne is. I mean, Champagne's legit. He's the best He's, in the league yeah. in terms of scoring. Yeah, especially taking like taking and making tough shots too. Yeah. Like you know where he doesn't really need to be, you know, in rhythm, catching clean. You know, he can just, you know, other than that mid range area, he's he's lights out everywhere. Yeah. And I thought again, like that's where O'Connell deserves the most credit because he forced he forced Champagne into his weakest spot and made him score there. And he and you know just he, like. Champagne just over and over again fell into the trap of like, well, this is all I'm being given right here, so I got to make it work, and it didn't work. So um, the other thing was like, um, I felt like Posh Alexander wasn't much of a factor. No, and that was big because there's a couple things like he like can change a game with things that you don't necessarily always 
notice from possession to possession, but they add up. And one of them was offensive rebounding. He is, like, just a pest. You know what I mean? He will just sneak in there and win 50-50 balls, and, like, as those pile up, St. John's kind of, like, plays off of his energy, right? Zero offensive rebounds tonight for him. He that did was, like, have – It was a main – it was a main focus of Creighton's right. preparation. He did have two, like, steals that – were close to offensive. Like, Creighton got the defensive board consider, and he yeah, poked yeah. it away, so it's almost like an offensive board. But mm-hmm. Like, his activity was there. But, yeah, but, like... But, no, I know what you're saying. He did, And those plays didn't turn the game. Mm-hmm. And it, it might have been already over by then. It probably was. Yeah, one of them definitely was late. Yeah. So, yeah. But, yeah, you're right. But yeah, that's a good point. And, and, and the other thing, too, I feel like Nemhard and Trey Alexander both handled his, like, one-on-one pressure. Mm-hmm. Because he can frustrate you enough to where you you know i think maybe trey alexander got called for one offensive foul which i like almost jumped you out were of my very seat. upset <laughs> <laughs> like, you did not want him to give the benefit of that call that, yeah, yeah. that wasn't a, i didn't like that one but mm-hmm. uh you know i think they handled that pressure pretty well yeah, and they it didn't didn't allow it to speed them up and um particularly trey alexander like just had really good pace. Because it's intimidating, him. right? Like he's physical. He's like he's up, quick, and he's making he's contact. Sound, yeah, making contact with you at like the opposing free throw line. Like mm-hmm. you're getting hip checked right there. Right there. Maybe grabbed a little bit too. Definitely grabbed a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have to pull your punches here. <laughs> yeah. No, you're. It's 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 a it's a. You know, you feel that. Yeah. You know what I mean. You you constantly feel him throughout the game. So like he's he lets you know. Yeah. You know I'm gonna be here. At all times. Like, I don't get tired. Like, this is the way it's going to be for for you tonight, you know? Which I, should which should bring us to Trey Alexander, right? I, I wasn't – well, before we get to Trey, I, I just thought generally speaking that Creighton just – from a team-wide perspective, and maybe this is why Posh wasn't as big of a factor. Like, his energy, his hustle plays weren't as big of a factor. or He wasn't able to have as many. It's just – Creighton just looked like they were – I don't know, just had good anticipation. You know, even those – Possessions where the ball got deflected, and you're like, "What is happening? This is chaos." Mm-hmm. You know, Creighton settled down. They still like a lot of them didn't result in turnovers because they were there, almost anticipating things could go haywire. Let's be ready for a loose ball. It's like uh, a football team going after fumbles or something like yeah. that. Like they were, they were quicker to the ball, mm-hmm. and um, they won so many fifty-fifty balls. Uh, won the race to so many 50-50 balls. And so I felt like it was just a team-wide commitment to um, almost like expecting the unexpected and being ready on your toes, so to speak, and mm-hmm. not just sitting there watching the action, getting yourself in the action. Yeah. Like that one play that that Kalkbrenner had. Well, Hawkins like, mentioned it yesterday. Like when you're when you're dealing with that level of pressure for that long, you got to like – you can't just like space the floor – and pick it apart. You got to meet passes. Yeah, you got to be really aggressive, like going into their physicality. You know, kind of you have to almost embrace their traps, and then just like be really strong with the ball to break it up. And that's how you create rotations right. and get open shots. So, like, it's almost like you have to like fall into the trap a little bit. You know, where like you have to go where St. John's wants you to go, and then you just got to you know fight through that chaos. Yeah. So yeah, like it's. I just thought they had a good approach to it so mm-hmm. as a team but anyway trey alexander he was part of that yeah i mean he he a huge part I mean, he might have had the best like if you're looking at like you know who played the best point guard minutes tonight posh r2 or trey mm. 
Like I, I, it's a there's a good case for Trey. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy he only had 11 because it felt yeah. like all his buckets were, were big, timely, mm-hmm. and um, just smart plays. A lot of smart plays. What did he finish with? Four assists? Yep. Four assists and 11 Four assists, points. two turnovers. So yeah. yeah that's... One turnover in my book. I, again, that offensive foul exactly. ball was bogus yeah. to me. But, uh, uh, yeah, man, like – I thought that example that you brought up in the press conference and after the game with, with Trey Alexander getting blocked. Or, no, he, he finished he made, the layup. Yeah, he made the layup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Made the layup yeah. in practice. Um, but every like, coach is pointing out, hey, you're not going to get away with that. It's hard to game. take that to heart as a freshman. Like, what the fuck are you so. talking about? I made that thing. Like, <laughs> that looked good. I got all the way to the rim. I got, you know, it was a good little, like, uh, from the dribble to the shot. Like, what are you talking about? I was not getting blocked tomorrow. But yeah, he, it translated that that little yeah. piece of like you're not making that shot tomorrow like that if you don't put if you don't play off two set your feet. How many shot times fake. did he do that? Oh like, I mean, I love the way it translated. Eight. I, I, I don't know if it's a, if you if you're wrong, it's not you're not all you're those not buckets all those buckets yeah. inside he did, and then there were other situations where he his penetration either led directly to an open jumper or mm-hmm. eventually led to one. I mean, I. Um, it's the thing it's, that so, it's so, so simple. You're like sometimes, yeah. like when he when he, I think that first one he hit the little fadeaway, uh, short that, like, that turn around, stop, turn around, jumper yeah. that he likes. Yeah, I was like, how does the defender not know that's coming? You know, know. but it's Loves like when he, if you stop on two feet, like they're they're off balance. They yeah. don't they're not, they don't realize like they're thinking you're going straight up for that layup and their momentum's going one way. You just if like like you stop on a dime like that. And turn your, and then you're falling away. Right. Like, yeah, you're not. You don't, they're not contesting that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I was just. Yeah, it was. A, he had a really good game, and and obviously Creighton needs need a consistent. I think a consistent scoring threat off the bench, like somebody who mm-hmm. like it doesn't have to be him every night, but one of those guys has to be yeah. able to take some pressure off that team or the the starters from a playmaking perspective. From a, just hit a shot. Yeah. Um, I mean the key to the, I mean the one thing to watch is like can they find someone to do that off the bench in a road game? Because that's where it's because your role like we, you've you've said it a thousand times over the years and it's so true like your role players are always elevated in home at home yeah. like it's just it's a fact of the matter so like yeah can he like he was really good against Villanova he was really good tonight like can he do that at UConn? Yeah. Can you do that at Providence? Like, you know what I mean? Like, at Seton Hall. Those are going to be mile markers for him, you know. So, that's the one thing to watch. But, yeah, like tonight, he's just phenomenal. Like, his pace, his patience, his playmaking, his decision-making. Um, I love, the like, the way he just sticks with it. His willingness to change directions to get back to his right hand and go. Like, yeah. he's, he's... There were a couple times when he was going, like... Uh, did a couple of crossover dribbles or between the legs. I was like, I think he's doing a little bit too much. Too much, yeah. Too much. Uh, but then he still got back to his right hand. I, I like it because he's good because he has good length for a ball handler. So, like, yeah. he can, you know, it, it's hard to pick his pocket, I think. And I just think it's going to be tough. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, because he keeps it low to the ground, too. That's the other factor. So, like, the thing with the thing with Roddy, where I think he's, like, a little bit more susceptible to that is he – his dribble gets a little bit high above his waist. Trey's doesn't usually do that. Yeah. So like that's where he can change directions better and and create space. So he was great tonight. But yeah, that's, well, I was going to say something. Yeah, about I, was, Roddy, I felt like you had something on the tip I, of your tongue. I just didn't want to go down that path, but um so 
if the questions allow for us to, then, then I will. But yeah, let's uh, let's. Well, we haven't even talked about Kaluma yet. I guess we'll probably get it. We'll probably get asked about him, so he'll allow us to talk about it. But yeah, let's jump into questions. See what we got. I want to try to keep this these things to an hour or less. <laughs> and we we just gave twenty like thirty minutes of analysis. So let's see if we can meet the goal. What was your highlight? Of the game? Yeah, what's your highlight? Um, Arthur's missed dunk, right? No? Is that not good enough? I just think it would have been the most violent. Like, it was just, I just love the way he, how violent he is when he thinks he has a lane to attack. Mm. You know what I mean? Because it it doesn't go from, it's not like he can just jump high. He goes in aggressively and cocks it back, like, further than most human beings can. And when it comes back down, like when the pendulum swings the other way, yeah. it's just so loud and violent and ferocious. Because yeah, he, he's missed a couple, and like yeah. the distance the ball has traveled after it hits the rim, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, it lets that, you know that, 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 that there's, there was some velocity there. <laughs> yeah. Violence. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, Alex is my highlight because I just, I'm a sucker for the two way. The guys who are willing to like dig deep defensively. And still stay engaged on the offensive end, like yeah. where they're where they're not like, look, my responsibilities are to shut down this guy. You guys do whatever the hell needs to be done on the offensive end. Like, I think it's because I think for a minute there, the game, the sport itself, like got into a little bit of like a specialization type of thing where you have like, all right, I'm gonna guard this dude. He's the best player. I have a lot of responsibilities. So just like. I'm going to stand around on offense. If I get an open three, I'll take it. But if not, I'm not really going to try to be aggressive or assert myself. So I'm a sucker for guys who, like, for players in general who are just tenacious defensively and then try to make plays that flip the momentum of the game on offense as well. And I thought just, like, watching Alex tonight was, like, like it's hands down, you know, the the performance of the night for me because, like I said, he changed – the game on both ends of the floor. Like, I thought, you know, f- I mean, he was plus, what, plus 30 tonight? Kaluza oh, was? No, oh, Alex. Alex was? Alex My was, bad, yeah, plus 30 in 34 minutes. Like, and I thought that's like, you know, plus minus can sometimes lie to you a little bit. It's not yeah. lying there. Like, no, he no. was, yeah, he was yeah. 30. He was, he was a plus 30 in that's terms of his value. Plus 30. Yeah, so that's, 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 that's the highlight for me is just his um, progression into becoming a two-way player. The reason why I said Kaluma is because I just uh, read a question oh. from Danny Sullivan. Wanted to know uh, if we thought Kaluma was operating within the offense a little bit more tonight, or did it just seem that way because it shot it so well? So I guess I have to try, we have to try to think about like, did he go rogue for some of his good plays? Yeah. I don't think so. Like the first couple came inside on some good little. Like, I love that high to low action they had. Yeah, beautiful. I mean that could that be early. that could that be really. Nice. Da- yeah, I thought he was really patient with his back downs too. Like mm-hmm. he wasn't trying to like, you know, um, take like four inches at a time. He was just kind of like, you know, getting low, using his hips really well. He shot faked really well. He played off two feet pretty well. There was only like I think there was one turnover where, you know, he he likes that little like, pull the string crossover dribble where he like pulls it back into his like fadeaway mid-range shot yeah. that he turned the ball over on that honestly if he scrapped that from his arsenal it, i wouldn't i would be fine with it because he like he i think that it's more it leads to more bad plays than good plays um he but i thought he was within the i thought he was within the flow like i don't yeah. know if it was all like you know some of it was off broken plays and just like being in the right spot 
and then raising up and knocking out a shot. But no, I, didn't think, I thought it, the, I didn't think any of his threes felt forced. No, maybe what, that yeah. maybe that deep one, not forced, but that was like you know maybe he didn't have to shoot it. I can't remember mm-hmm. when that was. Second half, middle of that big run they had. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. he shot one from fairly deep, but I don't know. He was feeling it probably. Uh, yeah, point, I mean, so. four for five from three. That's yeah. big. I mean, he's at I think he's at forty one percent now okay. in Biggie's play, and I know that. Again, like it's tough five because, games, but it's five okay. staggered games. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's not like he's in the zone. But that's not. I'm watching that. Yeah. Because that's going to change things. I, I mean, it's going to allow them to, you know, have more trust in a potential small lineup. You know, where you can put him on the floor and think like, okay, let's let him play the five if he can space the floor and knock down shots for us and drag a five away from the rim. You yeah. know what I mean? So like, you know, I'm, I'm curious if that if that's. Um, Something that'll continue because everybody thinks he's a good shooter. You know, all the coaches, oh, yeah, all the, all his teammates, right. they think he they says he works at it. So I have no reason to doubt that, especially since the results are starting to show up in game. You know, so it was a big game for him, but I don't think he went rogue. I thought he played within the flow of everything they do. It's the thing that like this system does. Like when you just do the right things and space the floor and you know, lift at the right times, uh, attack at the right times, play off two feet, you know, cut, screen. Things open up for everybody. Yeah, exactly. So that's how I felt about it. What about you? Well, I just – I love the hustle. So he had one of those, like, uh, poke away offensive boards slash steals. Yeah. um, Which I – Right around, like, right in front of St. John's bench. Yeah, Yeah. that was a nice play. And then just, you know, a couple put back. Offensive rebound mm-hmm. buckets, which it's just that's stuff that like he's probably. I mean, Hawkins can to a certain extent, but more times than not, Hawkins is probably going to be spacing the floor out on the perimeter. So like mm-hmm. they need that from him because I don't know if anybody else. I mean, Kalkbrenner certainly is going to be able to grab offensive boards, but it's just a nice piece to have for that off for the offense to have somebody who's just somebody else you got to worry about if you're a def, if you're a defense like. Mm-hmm. Get a body on Kaluma and takes a little bit of steam out of there. The 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 transition game uh, going the other way, and especially against St. John's too, because like Creighton didn't want to overload crashing the glass with a ton of guys, because mm-hmm. obviously they got to get back defensively. So to have Kaluma just winning one on one matchups was big. Um, His turnover number is high to me. I don't remember five. Do you remember five? I know he had a couple in the second half late when. When it was out, of, when it was, was already out of hand. Out of hand. Um, I, I for the life of me, I cannot. Well, I, cannot remember, I, I could not list his five turnovers. He had. Remember the one he had uh, going too quickly downhill, maybe um, in the first half. I remember that one. Yeah, kind of fumbled it out of bounds. He has that's, that's his little pull pull yeah, the string cross. He had one. Uh, yeah. You you were uh, coming back to your seat out of halftime. He had a pass. Oh, okay. Um, first possession of the half. Second half, so I don't know the turnover thing um, for a freshman. I mean, I, I know a lot of people are concerned about it, and but I just think that the more reps they get, the, the those numbers are going to go down over time. Mm. So it's I think it's more the having like what is it four, five, six, six five, guys yeah. with multiple multiple turnovers is more of the yeah more of the eek. Um, Joseph Favre said that Kaluma's gonna <coughs> that Kaluma's gonna get somebody hurt with those uh, in traffic dunks. 
Which, uh, he's trying. He's trying. Yeah. He's trying to take, you know. Like, I, I think he said he's trying to break the backboard. And I'm like, dude, those are expensive. Yeah, he's trying to rip the rim off is what he's trying to do. I'm like, I don't know if that's yeah. – he might – I think it's m- more likely he breaks the backboard than the rim. Right. the rim – I don't know. I mean – The rims are pretty sturdy. Is that NIL cover that? that probably. Fee for the probably. backboard? They, they don't charge that to the player. That's – Well, how much are we – how much would it even <laughs> – I don't even know how much it would cost. Uh, new new bucket. Um, Joseph also wanted to know what we thought of Alexander as a primary ball handler. He seemed to handle the pressure well from Posh, which is what we said, and put in some good buckets. And then Brian J thirteen seventeen also. Well, you know, like start reading all the questions well, that we just. Well, he also wanted to know our oh, thoughts on Trey. Okay. Who he thinks is great. Um. So okay, Trey yeah. running the point versus Roddy. You know, I haven't always loved Trey at the one this year, but it's hard to argue with what we saw tonight. Yeah. I mean, tonight it's the thing like with playing St. John's, your primary ball handler has to be really sharp. You know what I mean? Because you're just going to face a level of pressure that if you're not comfortable in that role, it's going to show up pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It yeah. just will. Like, the offense won't even flow. You're As the primary ball handler who isn't comfortable against that type of pressure, you're just going to be like, I'm just trying to get the ball up to the like 25-foot area and then pass to somebody. Well, like, and the I'll, thing, I'll survive. Yeah, you know what I mean? And like, the other thing, too, is not only do you have to, have to be sharp, which just kind of plays into it, too, but you have to be, like, in attack mode. Yes. Because yes. once you get past that press – like you can't just settle back because then the defense is just back it's on. Gonna come you. right at you. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So you gotta once you have that slight advantage, you have to go downhill and try to make plays. And mm-hmm. I thought him and, and Nimhard both did that pretty well. Yeah. Today. So. But the thing but it is, was I haven't always. With, so like, it's probably a better question for you because I haven't always loved Trey at the one. But you know they are doing it more in practice, and tonight the results were really good. So I guess, like, the question for you is, like, do you love it as they continue to deploy it? Well, I, I thought when we watched him in preseason that he always made good decisions. We talked sure. about this. Yep. I mean, how for he sure. made good decisions as an offensive player, like mm-hmm. whether he was operating in ball screens, he just had good pace to him. Um, it didn't seem like he got sped up a lot of times in practice. And um, he, he played off two feet a lot like he did tonight. He did that a lot in the preseason. I don't remember what his – Assist to turnover ratio was in the preseason, but I thought it was pretty high, like a pretty good yeah. ratio. No, it was good. Yeah, it hasn't been so far this season, right. but that's kind of probably the freshman woes there. Um, I'm intrigued by it. I, I think um, I, I don't know. I think he just seems at this point in his career just a little bit more comfortable with the uh, playing through tra- playing. With amongst the trees, oh, so love, to speak. Yeah, that's what I love the most about him. And, and whereas Rati, I think, still coming back from that ACL and still adjusting to the system and all everything that he's doing with, like, I, I feel like from an aggressiveness standpoint, offensively, Rati just isn't quite there yet. And so, mm. where, where Trey has that piece and kind of need that for, for this offense to keep flowing. No, I'm with you. So I think that's probably why I like it, even though I know that he's not a perfect PG. For sure. And and um, Roddy probably has more career experience at that at that spot. Um, but I understand the move, and yeah, it worked tonight. So 
as he gets more reps. I mean, what he, what did Trey tell us afterward? Like, you're in high school, so you like everyone plays point guard in high school when you're yeah. the best player. So yeah. he has that experience of it, but it's a little bit different at this level. So he's gonna there's gonna be some adjustments, but um, and then now Roddy's got to adjust to playing off the ball a little bit more. Um, so interesting midseason switch there. You know what I also love about Trey? Well, first of all, let's 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 address one of your main points is like the way he plays in tight. That's I've loved that the most about his game since the first time I saw him. Yeah. Like I don't even know what kind of a shooter he is yet. I'm not totally sure if that's like a part of his game that's reliable yet. But I love his poise, like his poise in the noise, you know, when he's down there and like there's three defenders within his vicinity of the ball and like you know, they're swiping at it or they're jumping at him. And, like, I just love the way he just is able to slow the game down enough to either make a play for someone around him or to finish at the rim. It's like, crazy. He's not, like, playing above the rim, but, they're like, I know he's still finishing. I, like, you know what I see when I, when I, like, watch him do that? I envision what it's like when he is strong enough to attack the rim more regularly. Yeah. And I'm like... If if that's how if that's what he's like in terms of his ability to execute in that type of situation, when his body catches up to that, he's gonna be a really dangerous downhill player. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like in to the point where Creighton can use him as a primary um facilitator offensively where they can like, you know, where you don't even take the point off the floor, you can just put him somewhere on the floor to give him like a little bit of a breather in the game. Yeah. Which I like, did tonight. For sure. Year. Yeah. Yeah. But you know that's what that's what I was when I was watching him tonight. I was thinking like, man, just imagine like a year of you know strength training, yeah, just getting his body D one ready. You know what I mean? Like he's going to be dangerous because he's hard to stop. Like I said, he he changes directions really well and he's patient in there. That's that's basically that's what all the like the most elite finishers at the rim, the elite slashers, they have those two qualities. The only thing you're waiting for is, like, the strength part. Yep. So when he's strong enough, he's going to be dangerous. He's going to get – like, you're talking about a guy who can get to the free throw line a lot, who can finish at the rim well, like, who can make plays inside for, you know, little pocket passes for big men or kickouts for open shooters. Like, he's going to be he's gonna be bad. So that's the one thing I see when, I, when I'm down there, when that, that when he makes those type of plays. Where I'm like, man, a year, year and a half from now, whew, there's a lot of potential there, yeah. you know, with his ability to play down there. I lost my train of thought on the other part. What was I talking about? I don't know. I was just all of a sudden I started thinking about Roddy, and then I was like, "Man, do you remember that spin move he had?" <laughs> that was nice. That was, <laughs> that was nice. Sick. Yeah. In the second half, I mean, the game was well in hand. I don't even know who he got by on with that one. I think he finished over a big. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. That was a nice move, though, Roddy. Yeah, I'm mad at myself for forgetting my train of thought because I wanted to play. I, I had you I, had more about yeah, uh, about but I wanted Trey. to play off of what you mentioned about. What you well, if you think of it, you know we we got we still got time so. for sure. Uh, our boy Burke, Andrew Berkland. What's up, Burke? St. John's going to go on a seven game winning streak now. Uh, yeah, I saw that one. What's their schedule? Because maybe. <laughs> well, they have Seton Hall twice. I know that. That's next. So you don't get to defend either, though, man. I don't know. I think I beat them twice. Neither, neither of the New York Big East teams are defending right now. Uh, UConn's not defending much either. That's true. So That's the other true part. No one talks about that enough. Like, <laughs> God dang. Um. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see who St. John's has got. Well, I mean, come on. They're not going to beat Seton Hall twice in a row. 
Yeah, well, not not likely. And it's like in a three. But span. but 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 but. Okay. I, I, they're gonna have the best dude on the floor. So okay. after that, it's away at Villanova. Fuck no. <laughs> no nope. home nope. against Providence at Georgetown at Butler. They're not beating. Up. They're not beating Providence or Villanova. I don't care where. Where are the games at? And what's after Providence? Uh, that's at at Georgetown. Okay. At Butler. Yeah, no, they're not going on a streak at all. There's probably, they're probably split in Seton Hall. They're losing to Nova and Providence, and then they'll probably beat Georgetown again because Georgetown's not very good right now. Yeah. But who knows? Maybe Georgetown will have a bunch of players back and available for that game. So. Um. Patrick Ewing usually his teams usually like get some the, kind of weird ass momentum going. For well, I was gonna say that in the it's February, like when you think they suck, then they turn awesome all of a sudden. You don't really want to play. You'd rather play Georgetown in January versus yes, February. I yes. feel like they're a much better team at, at the end of the year. Yeah, when they start to like when you start to think Georgetown sucks, then they're like, they is it possible that they crazy. just like don't listen to Pat all year until like all of a sudden they're like, oh man, we suck. Maybe we start listening to our coach, and then mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it's weird. It's his like it's his mo so far. As a coach, you better be careful because they're going to fire his ass for that. I remember that, what, that team, when, when Craig won the Big East title a couple years ago, yeah. and they played Georgetown right before Seton Hall, that game was tough. Dog, I mean, was, they won by 17, but they shot the heck out of the ball mm-hmm. and still only or maybe it was like 14. I don't remember yeah. what the final was, but it was like, it was still like kind of close. What about the pick? What about the pink out game where like Creighton, I'm pretty sure – they beat them pretty good in on the road that year, and then like the pinkout game when Epperson made his debut. Oh yeah, that yeah. was like a battle. Yeah, like Toby Hagner had to make a couple clutch plays on the stretch. Right. Like we don't need to yeah. talk about the Big East tournament title game either. No, um, no. <laughs> I Brian, you asked another question. Did he? Brian J said. Brian uh, flexing a little. Bit. Yeah, well, he just wanted to know how you're doing. How we're doing? Yeah. When we're together, I feel like we're always doing good. I always yeah. enjoy hanging out with you. It's, it's a good combo. In general, I'm doing good, though, too. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm you know, we're in a right. pandemic and I'm safe, so that's, like, I, I gotta count. Yeah, check. I mean, i got to be honest. I was driving to the game today, and I was just thinking about how cool it was to be able to watch basketball mm. and just kind of have one of those, like, self-reflection moments where you pinch yourself While a little bit. While you were bit. driving? You shouldn't do that while you're driving. Well, I mean, come on. You're going to, like, get too much tunnel vision. There's not a lot of traffic in Omaha. It's not that bad. Okay. Anyway... When were you driving? Pretty cool. When were you driving to the arena? Like four thirty. Damn, dude, that's a lot of traffic. What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't, see, I didn't see any cars. All right, that's what I'm saying, dude. That's what I just got done saying. You didn't see them. You should have, though. Yeah. That's my point. It's like you got a little bit daydreamy on yeah, the road. But no, it's cool, man. So I, I'm, I'm doing real how, well. Well, since we haven't talked to for, to people in a while, how was Simon's Christmas? Give yeah, him, my little my little guy. Got? He's gonna be two on Saturday. Oh my God. Two on Saturday. I remember when so, I remember when he, I don't know if I remember when he was born. I remember when you told me he was born. Yeah, I think, I think he was, it was right before Mitch hit the three from like Trump Tower on DePaul's court. So like, <laughs> yeah, that's like one of my. It was that night. I yeah. I always like, I was I'm weird. I like I mark life events by based on sporting events that I'm watching that around that time or whatever. So I just know like, you sent me Simon's like baby newborn pictures. Like, oh yeah, that in night. the hospital when Mitch was. When they were playing DePaul in the second I half. remember watching a little bit of that game. Um, no, yeah, Simon's good, man. He's big. He's a big fan of trucks. Okay, so nice. everybody knows, you know, if you like, like uh, all trucks, all trucks. All There's trucks. no no discrimination. He gets upset when we pass semi trucks on the interstate. What do you mean? 
Like he's like he wants Dad, to go play with that. Like what's happening? Are you driving past that? <laughs> yeah, thing? Like you just you saw that truck. <laughs> I want to get a Thought better look had, at it. Have we, we had an understanding he gets, here. He gets even more mad when there's like construction equipment, like a bulldozer or like a little uh, I don't know excavator on the back of like a flatbed. Okay, and past that. Mm. Mm. Really? Almost a meltdown in the car. If, <laughs> he's like, he's hey, like, you guys know I, it's my thing. He, he just likes to look at them and analyze them a little bit. So so, so is he going to, like, what's that What's that video that went viral where the dude was like, um, I don't even know what the piece of equipment is, but he works at, like, a airport, like a air, not even like an airport, but like an airplane maintenance okay. shop thing. And he's got, like, the, he has the, he's he's in, like, the, whatever it's called. The piece of equipment that moves the freaking planes around, and he's like, just like, it looks like a giant hand, like a transformer, is just spinning this plane. Oh, around. Okay, is he gonna be saying. like in it when he's an adult? Is that gonna be? That's his a good job? question. Like, I don't know. He's just gonna play with these giant toys that allow him to move these semi trucks around. I mean, I hope so. That'd be cool. Be a it crane would, operator. That'd be sweet. Yeah, that's what I mean. But that's what that's what you're yeah. la- The foundation has been laid. Anyway, Brian, that means. Uh, Answering your question, we're doing well. Yeah. Matt wanted to know if we got a reef update. I feel like we've already given all the reef updates, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's not any closer to practicing. And right. The further he gets from the – fur- the, the more that's the case, the further he is from playing it the rest of the year. So I don't know if he's – I don't personally know if he's been officially ruled out, but I feel like the writing's on the wall. Is there something else you have to add? To yeah, he hasn't been officially rolled out, so I don't want to like yeah. say done. But right. uh, you know, as we move yeah. closer to the end of the year, chances get lower that he's going to return. But I mean, especially with that type of injury, too. I mean, I think it's out. I think it's similar to what the type of injury Jacob Everson had. Oh God, what year will we have to mark that down? This is sophomore year, right? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that kept him out for the long time, rest of the year. So, yeah, I don't foresee him returning this season, which is unfortunate because, I don't know, I thought he was going to have a really good season. I thought he did all the right things in the off season that, you know, just to – he had to deal with the, in, the injury to the ankle, like, but I thought, you know, from just like the handful of practices we got to see, he was playing at a pretty, pretty good level. And then the games we saw, like you can clearly see the way he changes games, you know, with his presence, with his the way he makes plays. I'm talking about a guy like Posh Alexander who makes you feel them constantly, like yeah, that's what Reef is for this uh, team. You know what I mean? When people follow suit to that, so yeah, it's tough because Reef's an awesome dude and. You know, you just want you want them to just like you know go out on their terms. So he had he had some bad luck this year. Hopefully, he keeps his head up and recovers, gets healthy, and gets to show out again soon. Yep, that's that's basically how I feel about it. That's all the questions, man. Was that it? Mm-hmm. Look at that, fifty-one minutes. See, pretty good. Is that enough time to talk about DePaul? Then I think so. Flip it forward. I've seen DePaul an unusual amount of times. <laughs> like a year. lot? Yeah, but it's by accident. It's not like I'm like trying to get, you know, a healthy diet of DePaul. They're just usually on when I'm like free and feel like watching hoops. Yeah, I watched uh oh, I, I looked at all my DePaul notes. Holy shit, John. <laughs> I got a lot of I got a lot of notes. <laughs> uh the first thing is that 
they struggle in defending the dribble. Yes. So. But they make up for it with like stupidity, length. They do play. have a lot of length and uh, rim protection. Yes. So I mean, rim protection is like just scary. Uh, but I, I think like the game plan offensively is probably pretty similar to what it was tonight. I one hundred percent agree. With you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, I actually like don't even like think we need to watch practice if we like get like hey there's a media availability blah 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 like, eh, yeah I mean kind of have to say everything that they everything did, you told me about St John's I kind of just kind of reapply to this matchup off, on offense for sure yeah like that's yeah. they got to do the exact same thing in terms of staying aggressive and obviously taking care of the ball is important but honestly even more important than that is just being in attack mode and being um, finding that right, that balance between putting your putting the gas pedal down to the floor, but not playing out of control. They had a good pace about them tonight, so they need that again against the ball. I do think the game is going to be different though, because I think DePaul is better and trickier defensively than St. John's. Like I think you just know from a simplistic standpoint what you're going to face with St. John's, but. Their discipline defensively is not very good. Yeah. Like you, if you if you handle the pressure, you should score eighty seven plus against them. I think the the Paul's different because it's like you said. One, they protect the rim well. The other thing is like they change defenses a ton. So like you gotta like even if you handle the pressure, it's you you, you gotta yeah. you you almost have to like slow down your you have to slow down once you get into your quarter court sets and figure out. Okay, what are they showing me right here? Yeah, and then how do we attack that? Like they play a lot of matchup zone. Uh, they play, you know, they'll trap the ball a lot randomly, yeah, and then they protect the rim really well. So like that's tough. Creighton can't just like, whereas where with St. John's is like once you handle the pressure, then you can just fly around. You know what I mean? Like yeah. and look for openings. Like DePaul will set traps for you, so it's different. So it'll, it'll it, I think it's going to require more discipline on Creighton's part than it did tonight. Mm-hmm. So. That's the one thing on offense. I feel like they off they crash they crash the glass like really well. like 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 insane people. Yeah, you know what I mean. They got a couple guys that just I mean they're relentless. Yeah, on the offensive glass. Like the Louisville like the Louisville game stands out to me because they're I'm amazed people didn't get killed. Like they were crashing so violently. I'm yeah. just like I don't know how there hasn't been like a fight yet. Yeah, because like so, Agenda and Jones yeah. like they're. Super long and bouncy and athletic, and yeah. they just like Brandon Johnson too. Like Brandon they Johnson just like, yeah. like you're right. They just kind of like fly, fly in it. there. Yeah. And they, they let the backboard like be a buffer for them. You know, like you know, yeah. like uh, what's the what's the bowling lane thing? What are they? What are those called? The bumpers. bumpers? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like they let the backboard be a bumper, and they just fly as hard as they can at the ball. Yeah, like and they just if they hit it, oh well. Um, yeah, and then, I guess the, the question is Freeman Limit. Freeman Liberty because he didn't play tonight against yeah. Xavier. Because because if he plays against Creighton, that's two pretty high level wing scorers that they have in David Jones and Javon Freeman Liberty. Yeah. So like, you know, how does Creighton, um, how does Creighton attack that defensively? Would be is going to be interesting. Yeah. So I don't know if Alex O'Connell, you want him on David Jones, but if a little Freeman, bit more physical, right? Yeah, but if Freeman yeah. Liberty is out. Then that yeah. you you might maybe you can mix it up on Jones a little bit with some quickness, and then some size with Hawkins or Kaluma, whoever they decide to put on mm-hmm. him. But uh, yeah, it's a, we 
kind of started the podcast talking a little bit about Creighton's you know, level of urgency heightened. Now I'm eager to see if they can do it two times in a row. Exactly. Because if they can, that, that would does... Speak, it would speak to it, right? Yeah, yeah, and it bodes well for what they're trying to accomplish in February, what they got coming down the pike in February and, you know, building toward an NCAA tournament spot. Because if, like, you know, with all due respect, this is the soft part of their Big E schedule, right? Well, this week. It gets but hard it, again after Xavier at home. I mean, that's... Yeah, that's Xavier, it's, Xavier but again, it's, it. yeah, that's what I mean. But, like, February is, like, UConn twice, Eaton Hall twice, uh, Butler on the road, right? Well, it goes... St. John's, DePaul, at Butler, Xavier. Like, this four-game stretch is, like, I mean, if they don't make the NCAA tournament, you might circle a result or two in this stretch, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, It's not a make or break, but... But but if you're going to build momentum to February, this is where you do it, right? Right. You want to, like, elevate, launch yourself into the upper echelon of the Big East right here. But it's interesting because just the way the schedule breaks down, like, they play... At UConn, at Seton Hall in the same week in the start of February. Mm-hmm. And then they have Butler at home, at Georgetown, Georgetown at home, DePaul away, Marquette at home, at St. John's. Hmm. And it's like, that's, that's six games that are all winnable. Creighton might even be favored in all but one of those. Mm-hmm. But if you're not playing consistent basketball, if you're not focused and locked in and taking care of your prep like the Jays did coming into this game and yeah. taking everyone seriously, like you could be three and three or four and two during that stretch. Mm-hmm. So or worse. Or worse. Um so this is this week and add Butler to it, I guess, and Xavier, like this is a nice sort of uh testing ground or, oh, or Okay. Like, let, let me stop you real because I have a question. Are you changing the way you're looking at this season based on like we're at, we're eleven and five, three and two in the Big East right yeah. now? Nova's in the back. Nova's in the rearview mirror. You've played at Marquette and at Xavier already. Like, are you changing the way you're gonna assess the rest of the season now? Because I I think coming into the year, if I'm being fair, we both said we weren't going to overreact to like wins and losses because this is a just a team we don't really have a grasp of what they're. What this current team, twenty one, twenty two team, is capable of, right? Yeah. So, have they shown you enough of what they're both capable of in a good and bad way, to the point where you're going to assess them from a certain baseline at this point? Well, I think the the mark of a team that's like a a surefire NCAA tournament team mm-hmm. is that level of consistency. Like when Creighton has been, um, I, I just comparing it to past Creighton teams. When Creighton's been on the right side of the bubble and had a gap and been clearly like, like they've had stretches where they've played really well for multiple games in a row. Mm-hmm. And so that was something I didn't expect this team to show until mid February or after, you know, even you can play really well and lose or, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's not necessarily a winning streak. It's just being yeah. consistent knowing, okay, when these, when these guys suit up, this is what the output's going to be. This is what, to expect from this group, mm. not being surprised by the level of play or the focus or the energy um, in a negative way, being surprised negatively about um, from that team from the team. So, I thought they'd be more up and down, and obviously it's just one game, so that's why I'm curious to see if they can kind of um, stack performances on top of each other um, and kind of keep building. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. 
I'm eager to see how they respond to success, which, I mean, it, they won. They, I guess they technically won two in a row, beating Villanova at home and winning at Marquette, but. Mm-hmm. When the, 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 so what you're saying? It's been a while since they put together, you know, a couple. Well, yeah, because the performances were staggered. Like you <laughs> yeah, said, it didn't exactly. feel. It's not like you developed that. Yeah. Consistency you're looking for. So what you're saying, you're not necessarily saying yes or no to that, but you're saying maybe you're getting close to. I am getting close. Yeah. Yeah. I am getting close to looking at him differently. I think I am too. But I. I because I, 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 I could see myself now being. Uh, um. Like maybe more critical, big picture. If they don't handle home court against the you know bottom of the league, which 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 in my eyes, I mean that means I expect them to be on the bubble at at worst. You know what I mean? And I don't know if I'm there quite yet because again, this is one. Today was, I mean, it was really impressive, but it's just one game. So I, I always try to, I always try to evaluate. And it's been hard because, like we've said, like they've like played three times in a month or whatever it is, four mm-hmm. times in a month. Mm-hmm. But I, I like to, I like to look at trends and how teams are playing and what is, what do, what do three games tell us? What do four games tell us about yeah. their progression or their potential? And so it's just been hard to get a read on this team because they haven't played as much. Um, but you know the ability to bounce back and put together a complete performance. I mean, St. John's hasn't lost by they lost by twenty. Kansas beat Kansas by 20. Kansas is the only team to do this to them. Yeah. yeah. It's Kansas. So, I mean, I know it's on the road and whatever. You never – St. John's didn't look like themselves, but they didn't lose by 23 to anybody this mm-hmm. year. And so to do that is impressive. It's just now that Jays got to do it again because um, if you're up and down all year, then you're going to be on the bubble, are you? Yeah. And, so, I mean, and you're going to be fighting that, to be on the bubble. Right. And yeah. that means that one, you know, unlucky bounce or bad loss – Knocks you out of the tournament mm-hmm. if you're fighting to be on the bubble all year. Mm-hmm. So, and I don't even think I would be like I'm not even gonna say I'm close to setting up success or failure on the like on the spectrum of whether they make the tournament or not. I just think I'm getting close to the point where I'm like I kind of feel like they've done enough to convince me that I think they'll play at a good enough level to be in the conversation on that day. Whether they make it or not mm. is they've it's almost like done the, that to you. To me, they have. Yeah. I don't think. I don't think you're like. You're in the 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 type of game that Iowa State made that. I don't think you're in that game if you're not. In that class of team, I don't think you do to Nova what you did to Nova if you're not. I don't think you win at Marquette in that type of game where like you were. Like front running for a minute, and then all of a sudden they went haywire, and Marquette had the lead late, and they had you down in overtime by two possessions, and you found a way to get yourself into that second overtime. Then you found enough energy to finish it off, and then like to set the tone against Xavier, handle that environment from the jump, play from the lead, and it just like the thing with the Xavier game was like I didn't feel like Xavier won that game, even though you could argue they were really assertive in the second half. The problem with that game for Creighton was as well as they were playing in the first half they turned the ball over too much to the point where their lead at the at that they earned at halftime wasn't big enough so when Xavier did like flip the switch and go on a run that run the game was in balance when they made that run had had Creighton just like cut the turnover number in half in the first half when Xavier makes that run it just ties the game 
Yeah. It well, doesn't it doesn't end it. it it's funny, I actually kinda so like, went through the numbers a little bit. It Creighton had twenty one turnovers against Xavier. Yeah. If that number was fifteen, so you get six extra possessions and you apply their points per possession rate on or, or their forty they were one point they were one point three five points per possession on uh on trips when they didn't turn the ball over. Mm-hmm. So that's eight points. That's crazy. It's a win. It is. That's that's we're that's just talking about saying. six that's possessions. That's, that's all it is, yes. six possessions. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, they, they, they're. I can see where you're going. I'm just not. Re- I don't know if I'm ready to jump on board with that just yet. But what they've done in Big East play has it has exceeded my expectations okay. through five games. Yeah, and I think if um, if they can continue on this track, then I'll be. Right By February, winning. maybe they're yeah. yeah I just there. don't want to make. I, I told myself I wasn't going to make yeah, any early de- mm-hmm. declarations with this team. Yeah. I wasn't trying because, to force your hand yet. Yeah, but just I'm be, curious. Just because I like, I, I still don't even know if I know who they are yet. You right. know, and we're seeing guys still develop into their roles. I mean, three guys had career highs tonight. You know, yeah, like that. That should tell you something that there, there is still. Um, well, first off, there's room for growth, but like they are still growing. Well, especially when you especially when you think about their talent level, because we both we I think we would both would agree their floor. Is higher than most of the young teams they've had, right? Like, yeah, they're yeah. already starting from a point of, like, you know, when it clicks, oh boy, you know right. what I mean? Because they're just they're in the talent that they already have. Yeah, and I think one thing to keep in mind too with this group is because they have young talent, mm-hmm. the potential for improvement is higher than a team that is full of veterans. So, like last yes. year's team, last year's Creighton team, like they were kind of who they were. I mean, the, the wild card was Marcus Zagorowski's not being fully healthy so right. he kind of elevated them at the end of the year once he got healthy but like you knew who that team was by january because that mm-hmm. they had they hadn't like completely maxed out as players but they they were who they were they're veterans yeah. you know who who they are but with a young team that ceiling is it's kind of hard to define it's so like it's but it's pretty high up there mm-hmm. because uh of what they can become if it clicks and so that's what you have to wait to they see. They remind me a little bit of like, what was that that Xavier team that made the Elite Eight the year before they were oh, a one yeah, seed? Yeah, a little yeah. bit, you know what I mean? Like, Makira and Blewett kind of like emerged a little bit. They grew through some mistakes. Quentin Gooden, you know, had a better second half of the season. And then like the next year, like 15-3, and three, they won the league, were a one seed in the tournament. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like That's I, a good comparison. I, that, I, there's that. a little bit of like, I've seen, like where you're interested in talking, if you're talking about like, Blooming late into the year, I see like a little bit of that in terms of yeah, because that team barely made the tournament, barely, right? and barely. Then, and they were like they, an eleven seed, yeah. yeah. But they had shown flashes for a lot of that. Mm-hmm. But I think they ended up having a big losing streak, like seven maybe games, something like that. Yeah, six was, of seven or something yeah. like that. And they were down at DePaul in the first round of the Big East tournament. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then they they put it together. Um, so yeah, I think that there's. I mean, it's going to be February is going to be incredibly difficult because mm-hmm. of it the back-to-back nature of all the games that they're going to play mm-hmm. and the funny thing about conference play is like it really doesn't take much to like knock you off your rhythm like you yeah you, you wake up wrong i, I don't know sudden, though like you know what i've noticed about this league is like the good teams usually recover pretty quickly like they answer the bell 
I think like the the teams that are winning championships do, but like oh, well, that's what I mean. I don't. Well, I don't even know if I agree with that. You, you think the mid tier teams, like the teams I think that are in the, the teams that are in the, the, in the in the conversation we're setting up Creighton to be in right now, I think they're good yeah. at answering like a bad performance. I don't think they they let that consume them. But because you I go back to like you go back to like eighteen nineteen that team in February though, like think about this league. There's gonna be. Seven NCAA, uh, seven teams vying for an NCAA bid. Yeah. Plus, <coughs> I mean, DePaul, St. John's, like they're on the outside looking in, so I don't know if they. Yeah. You have, right now I think you have, St. John's is a spoiler at this point. They just don't have Okay. It. Right now you have seven teams that are probably, like when the net rankings come out tomorrow, you'll have seven teams in the top 50. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, when those teams play. If you're if you're coming off a loss, like if, if but Creighton's Z- already paid four of them. Is my point. No, oh, I see what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? So, okay. Like the it. they have four of those games. They still have, they still have. Yeah. What is that? That's twelve games. Mm-hmm. So they still have eight of them left. Well, seven. Cause but we probably, see. Well, we've already seen their bounce back. Is what I'm saying. Oh, oh. You know what I mean? Like okay. They they've won at Marquette. They got pasted against the wall at Nova. Then they bounced back and played. You know, played themselves into having a chance at Xavier. Yeah. So, like, that's what I mean. They've already – and then they lost to Xavier, and then right around the corner is a team that, like, would feast off of the reason you lost to Xavier, and you were able to win that game handily. That's what I mean. That's, that's they're, in, they're in that okay. mid-tier of, like, being bubblicious, and they respond. So, that's, like, you kind of – you just see that. You know what I mean? Like, what – I mean, who they play after – who they play after Iowa State? Who was that? What was the game? That was BYU. So, like, they yeah. responded there. Didn't they, the Kansas State game was a drag, right? They responded by playing it looking really good offensively against Nebraska. Like, this team has responded well to, like, their internal challenges. Like, okay, this is what we did poorly on film. This is what we have to address in practice. This is what we have to be better at next time around. I think they've done a really good job of um, not letting, like, not stacking multiple poor performances in certain areas mm-hmm. on top of each other back-to-back. Now can they stack good performances? Right. That's that's what that's how you become an NCAA tournament team. Is by stacking good performances hey, hey, on each other. I think that you can be an NCAA tournament team like being a little bit. Oh yeah, that's just heck on jide, but, but but not uh, not a, not a team like you said where you're not sweating on yes, selection Sunday. Exactly. Yeah, that's what. That's uh, what otherwise, yeah, you might be there. you might find yourself as the yeah. so holy, in the holy game. shit. How yeah. make this tournament? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Or needing to do some stuff in New York, whereas right. if you take care of business, especially in this league against the. Bottom the teams that are not in NCAA tournament contention right now, mm-hmm. like um, you, you can find yourself in good shape. But obviously, Creighton's going to have to get a few, just like a couple more wins. If you're talking about the NCAA tournament, a couple more wins against some of the NCAA tournament caliber teams in the league too. Yeah. So I'm stopping because you're a jerk. I was at an hour, and then we had ten minutes to talk about DePaul, and, and we what, just we just spent twenty. Ah, so that's on you. I was, doing, I was doing good time management. I was doing. I was not the Dallas Cowboys. You were the Dallas Cowboys in this one. Blew, blew right through the... You did. Uh, yeah. you know, I, I thought we... You're still trying to call plays in the times where the ref's already... The, <laughs> yeah, the game's the, over. Like, no, we got one more play. The that's, ref that's, ran, into, yeah. ran into me and the umpire. Yeah. I didn't leave space for the umpire to... You didn't, you didn't give him the ball. You didn't was, give him the ball, yeah, no. You I put it down. No. They have to blow through <laughs> you in the center and pick it up again, move it again. Made that difficult. Yeah, that's, that's my bad. That's all good. That's my bad. Um, Please don't fire me. I is, won't. Is McCarthy getting fired? Is he still have a job? I'm pretty yeah. sure he's still going to have a job. Okay. 
the question, like, the, if you ask that different way, should he still yeah. have a different answer? Um, yeah, okay. So I appreciate you for hopping on here. Yeah, no problem. 100%. Um, everybody listening need to go to Omaha.com and check out John's work post-game. And I know because we did some stuff in the tunnel, so, like, there's going to be some notebooks and some good stories out of this game that probably have bigger picture implications. So check out Omaha.com for that stuff. Uh, subscribe to the newsletter if you haven't already done it. It's I, I always forget the 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 uh, how to how to subscribe. You just go to Omaha.com slash newsletters. Yeah. I've only done it once and I forget how yeah. to do it. Yeah, well, I, I think that's probably. <laughs> I should, before every game, like unsubscribe, resubscribe, so I know how to do this when we want to say Yeah, it. no. Yeah. Omaha.com slash newsletters. Put that in your browser. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, you just check the box. Check. It's really easy. It's, mine was a move it over. Oh, yeah. It's like, like kind of like a swipe or something. It's like a, like a, like a yeah. Oh, yeah, bar like a move it. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't a check. It was a okay. activate well, almost. Mm. Yeah. Well, I think all of the really smart listeners can figure it out, whatever they... For sure. It's um, user-friendly. Yeah, it is. It pretty, is. Pretty easy. And then, I think they'll, they'll adjust if they don't see a box to check. Yeah, so... So say that, that again for everybody? Omaha.com slash newsletters. Yeah. Find the uh, Blue Jays. Find the icon. Yeah, find the, yeah. Find the Blue Jays newsletter and yeah, get in there. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. I'm Man, having fun doing it. For sure. There's a lot of good basketball to write about right now because the women's team is... Humming. Boy. Humming along. 95, 44 today. I think Matt, like, you just kept elbowing me. I'm See this Dropping shit? nuggets. <laughs> like, <I had> the- <laughs> you're like, hey, hey, hey. They had, I'm 30, like, Matt, they had 30. Matt, I know. They're dominating them, okay? Like, the game was over. At, what was it at halftime? Like, 45 to 19? 48 to 19. So, you sh- yeah, you shot that short. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, it was really funny. Brother, hey, brother was hey, up. Hey, look at this, man. They got 85 <laughs> points, and there's only three players in double There figures. were only three players in double figures. How do you get to 85 hey, with hey, that? Hey, they, they got like 28 assists they on, did, on, 30, on 30 made buckets. Yeah, yeah that. They dropped 30 dimes tonight. Are you fucking kidding me? What's wrong with y'all? Why aren't you? Why are there not 2,000 people at that arena? I'm going to start getting mad at you. I'm talking to you, listeners. The next two home games are Providence and UConn. Like if you have, if that place isn't sold out for UConn, I'm just gonna I'm going door to door. I cussed that I cussed out a few people tonight because they they, they said I wasn't at the, they were, I wasn't at the game on Sunday and I told them to fuck off. Oh my god, that was my thing. I was yeah. like, if there's not two thousand people, I'm gonna cuss you out when I see you at the CHI. Right, right. Yeah, they deserve a, a larger crowd. Um, the fans that are there are make it a really fun environment anyway. Mm-hmm. But you know, I'd like to see that gym a little bit more full for sure. Um, the UConn game, I'm sure there's going to be a great crowd. Uh, the way they're setting it up right now, like they've got two tough roadies and then Providence at home, which is an interesting little matchup if Baskerville's healthy. But like the way it's playing out right now, if like Creighton goes, shit, I don't know. I mean, three and zero for sure. But if they go two and one into the UConn game, they're going to be playing for like a Big East title against UConn. Like, what the hell else would you need to show up for? You didn't yeah. think you were going to be playing for a Big East title against UConn for like two decades. like, And now here it is two years into the league, and you got your shot? Like, show up. So, yeah. That's, I mean, yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. Not to mention it's fun as fuck to watch them play. 30 assists tonight. That's, I mean, what more do you – like, they're, 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 and, well, their ball movement and their cutting and screening and their offense. I mean, it's it's so much fun. They it play is. at such a high level right now. Yeah, the, the it's, it's back and forth, man. I was talking to somebody today, and I was like – because I was trying to 
keep stats for that game, uh, St. John's, because it a really good game on mm-hmm. Sunday in the 80s, mm-hmm. back and forth. I mean, they were moving so fast, I was having trouble like notating everything that was going on because it was end-to-end. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, man, like, I, it, it is kind of funny because you just sort of assume, well, it's UConn's league. But oh, you don't just assume, yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> but Crane's only, Stamp. Crane's only a game back in the standing. So, well, I mean, UConn, how you, yeah, like, UConn hasn't played all its games that's yet. Right. So, that's right. Um, but that's – I mean, if you're, you got, they got a shot. I'm just saying, it's not out of the realm of possibility that Creighton wins the Big East this year. It just isn't. It's just not. If you watch that UConn game, like you, it's there's the separation isn't there where where you thought where where it was expected to be because UConn doesn't have Paige and they won't till mid February. Um, yeah, when Paige comes back, man, it changes things. Yeah, I mean, AZ two is the number one yeah. recruit in the country, but like, you, you know what, like. Creighton had to be the injured bad luck team last year, and they still beat teams they weren't supposed to beat either. So that's just the way it goes sometimes. Like, for, if you're Creighton, you don't apologize for that. You just play. Yeah. So, you know, it's not like UConn's, like, barren of talent either. It's not like they were the Page and AZ show. Like, it was Page, AZ, and then, oh, yeah, there's four other five stars. And <laughs> Dorka Uhas, who was all Big Ten before she transferred from Ohio State. Like, Carolyn Ducharme, who's been unbelievable. Like, yes, you, you know what I mean? They're still – most talented team in the league, so you know they're not a hundred percent, but they're not middle of the pack either. They're still the front runner, but I don't know the way Creighton's playing right now. It's really impressive. It's just good basketball. It's not even like forget like the success rate of their win loss record. It's like number one assist rate in the country. They share it. They move. They're deep. They're talented. They have multiple. Um. Multiple, multiple multifaceted scorers. So, like, you're not just showing up to watch someone put on a show because it could be any one of three or four people. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you got three shooters on this team who are all like high volume in the neighborhood of 40% from three. Like, that's exciting stuff. Yeah. Like, okay. So, you know. Lauren Jensen dropped 17 and a quarter. And a quarter. Morgan Mallet. Uh, Morgan Mallet. Molly. Molly. Yeah. What? What? Xavier's third quarter against Xavier. What she do? Hit three three pointers in a row, and then hit a fourth. And a fourth like, at the buzzer. Yeah. At the buzzer of the quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Emirantic. What she do? Average twenty and a half this week. <laughs> Biggie's player of the week. And then tonight she was twenty five and four with no turnovers. And then like uh, Tatum Rimmel, the point guard, back seven dimes, no turnovers tonight. Tonight, so it's she, the third game she's had with seven dimes, no turnovers. She's her her, her she's at her assist turnover ratio this year is one hundred five to thirty four. Like mm. it's insane. It's insane. Like there's there's so much and then and then oh by the way you got Rachel Saunders who's just like one of the toughest people on campus you know yeah always in a scrap making hustle plays you know like there's just too much to like about this team the identity of it is incredible and while they're healthy they deserve a crowd so show up and watch this team I'm tired of telling you people I'm gonna get mad in a minute. You were already too late to the Jalen Agnew show, and then she dropped 43 on Senior Day. I was telling you people for two months, uh, something special here. You listening to me? No? Hello? Anybody home? You didn't knock, but you didn't knock. I didn't. That's why I'm saying this year I'm going to get more aggressive. (laughs) A door-to-door outreach campaign. Not to mention it's just, like, fun to cover games in those type of environments. 
So it, there's a little bit of self-serving there. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, well, I mean, because when Sokol's patched for volleyball, like, it's yeah, amazing. it's a really yeah. good – it's not. The, it's an on-campus gym that's just compact. The crowd's on you. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, so women's basketball deserves a little bit of that love too. For sure, 100%. All right, that's it for me and John. Um, make sure you subscribe to the White and Blue Review Network on iTunes so you can get this podcast when it drops. And then go to whiteandbluereview.com for the post-game coverage, write-ups, recaps, um, features, podcasts, everything. And then omaha.com. And then make sure you're subscribed to the newsletter for John's work. Um, and then, yeah, that's everything, right? Do you have anything, any features you want to plug that you got coming up for everybody? Uh, I always ask, I always trap you into this question, and I feel like I shouldn't ask you if you don't have something. No, I do, but I don't want to share it. So. Okay, there you go. Oh, yeah. Look at that kind of a tease right there. Finally. I always I felt bad because two times I asked that, and you're like, no, I have nothing. I'm like, fuck, oops. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we should pre-ask that before we start recording. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so there, there, there's something. There's the, if you yeah, won't even, if I you might, won't even I might, I might drop it in a couple days, or maybe it's next week. I don't know. We'll see. Okay. Well, either see way. How I feel, see how. Either way, you got to subscribe to the newsletter so you know when it drops, right? Is yeah. that how it works? Newsletter or the World Herald. Yeah. Newspaper. Are you still in the boat by the physical copy of the newspaper type of? I mean, it depends on who you are, but I, I usually just, I, I, I would tell people just go online, but you know. Okay, so you're you're I'd be mad at you if you want to grab that print edition. But okay. most people, have well, some people are mad if you don't. That's what I'm oh, saying. Yeah. Are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm okay. not. I'm okay. not gonna be mad. See, look, he's look at that. Why do you say no to that? He's very, you know, accommodating. He doesn't care if you read it online or in the physical copy. He's that's right, and it's good. We talked about that. We established that already. Look how humble he is. You can't see his face right now. But he's like, oh man. So nice. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We will talk to you. I don't even know what they play next. Saturday. We'll see. That's true. <laughs> I mean, it's always cross your fingers. Yeah, it right? is. Like, yeah. The next one is Saturday. That's so. when it's scheduled. Yeah. So hopefully we'll talk then. Yep. Have a good night, everyone.